Hey, I'm Gabriel Goldfeder. I'm a Jewish life consultant, a.k.a. rabbi. One of my favorite Hasidic stories involves the Kutzker Rebbe. His son-in-law was the Sukkachever Rebbe. And when the Sukkachever Rebbe was still young, and was sick, his father traveled to Kutsk to ask the Rebbe to pray for him, for this boy who was sick. And even as a boy, it was known that the Sukkachava Rebbe was an incredible genius. And so his father praised the boy to the Kutsker and said he learns with incredible consistency keeps going. It's unbelievable how much this kid learns. And the Kutzkarebi said, yeah, that's also learning. Not bad. And the father thought that the Kutzkarebi was criticizing the boy, which would have been a little surprising since he came to the Rebbe for blessings and prayers. And when he got back, his son got better. And his father told him what had happened with the Kutzka Rebbe. I went to the Rebbe and I don't understand what he said. And the boy explained, he said, it's a reference to the Gemara Kedushin. Where it says that Rebbe Tarfon honored his mother so much. And then he went to the base Midrash. He went to the academy and he, he bragged about it. He told people about how far he went in the mitzvah of honoring his mother. And the Chachamim, the sages in the academy in the base Midrash said, you haven't even done the half of it. You haven't even reached half the level of honoring your mother. And the boy explained what sounds like a pretty shocking Gemara. That it was actually quite clear to Rebbe Tarfon's peers in the base Midrash that he was honoring his mother on a very high level. But if it had turned out that Rebbe Tarfon had fully reached the pinnacle of honoring his mother, maybe that was his mission in the world. Maybe that was his particular tikkun, his fixing. And if he had reached the end, then maybe he would leave this world. So his peers in the academy said, eh, you haven't even done half of it yet. You have not yet reached the fullness of this mitzvah. And therefore, you have to keep living. You got to stick around. And so too, that's what the Kutzker meant about this boy. Yes, everyone knew. He was an incredible learner. He went on to write one of the most important and one of the most learned books about the laws of Shabbos. But if it would have seemed that, yes, he's on such a high level, look at what an incredible learner he is, it could have, and it would have been unfortunate to have assumed that he has reached the pinnacle of his learning and therefore he's done. He doesn't need to be in the world anymore.
so the story about Rabbi Tarfon, to which the Kotzka Rebbe was referring, this is in the Gemara Kedushin. And it says, Rabbi Tarfon had a mother that whenever she wanted to climb up into her bed, he would get down on his hands and knees and she would step on him in order to be able to climb up onto her bed. And similarly, whenever she wanted to get down from her bed, she would step on him and step down to the ground. And this is what he was bragging about when he went to the base Midrash, when he went to the academy. And they said to him, you still haven't even reached half. And they said to him, because she has certainly not yet thrown your wallet right in front of your face into the sea and he didn't embarrass her accordingly like that's the real test have you reached a level at which your mother takes your wallet takes your money takes your iPhone 14 chucks it in the ocean right in front of you and you didn't embarrass her that's a level it's it's certainly interesting to read about and to think about extreme parent honoring about situations in which people were so refined and so devoted such that they were able to perform acts and behaviors for their parents that seem to transcend normal human activity whether that would be literally getting on hands and knees so your parent could climb up onto their bed or their couch or standing stoically as your parent threw your object into the ocean these are extreme i would assume that most of us are Somewhere near the other extreme. Somewhere in the area of trying to make sure that we don't blatantly disrespect our parents. And when we talk about reverence, I again would assume that for most of us, we're somewhere on the other end. Trying to make sure that we have basic, sufficient, cognizance and appreciation of our parents and their status in the world. Rav Soloveitchik, in his beautiful book, Family Redeemed, discusses different cases, different situations in which people are likely to find themselves. And he says, one may act wisely towards one's parents so that from the viewpoint of kibud umora techniques, honoring and reverence, the behavior is irreproachable and meets all standards of decency and propriety. While he personally remains emotionally indifferent and completely uninvolved in the very action which takes place. This child, he says, is rich and generous and showers his parents with gifts and favors. Materially, they lack nothing since the child attends to all their physical needs. 
Yet he does not love them, nor does he feel attached to them. His relationship, if we may speak of it, is one of cold civility and courtesy. Rev. Soloveitchik wonders if this behavior is a result of good breeding, excellent manners, and natural politeness. His good conduct is due to a habit of mind and not to conviction. Rav Salvechik wonders how we would relate to such a person. Are they fulfilling the mitzvah appropriately? He offers another example. On the other hand, let us take the case of a person who loves his parents and feels committed to them, but has not been furnished by providence with the proper material means to provide them with food and shelter. He is poor, a day laborer who barely earns a meager livelihood and is unable to support his father and mother and spend time with them. The external aspect of kibbutz is not realized by him, even though this omission is due to unfriendly circumstances which are beyond one's control. Yet, as to the experiential component, he certainly developed the proper approach to his parents, one of love and respect. What about him? Is this person fulfilling the mitzvah of honoring and revering his parents? The Rav offers another example. There are also many who, in spite of the fact that their hearts overflow with love and tenderness for their parents, cannot act out their feelings. Various psychological blocks and inhibitions prevent them from expressing their inward life in outward symbols of action. They are handicapped by a sense of shyness. They are embarrassed by the arrogant intrusion of the outside upon their privacy. They simply refuse to open up their inner world and let action spotlight their most intimate experiences. They remain impersonal and therefore allegedly cold, violating the technical principle of kibud. And more, others eager to manifest their inner experiences, fail to do so because they lack a sense of coordination between the emotion and expression, intention and deed, thought and grammatical formulation. They are hampered by a certain clumsiness in demonstrating their inner world, and hence quite frequently they do, they do or, just, or say just the opposite of what they intended to express through word or action. Another example, the same is true of mora, of reverence. One may be a coarse person and not be able to observe the halachic etiquette, which is binding upon the child. One's language is vulgar. He is uncouth in guise and gesture. His manners are uncultivated. He lacks the ability to control his anger. It is self-evident that from time to time he may commit an infraction of the norm of mora by uttering the wrong word or giving his parents an ugly look. Yet in spite of the fact that he is unrefined and rude, in spite of his awkward exterior, his heart might be tender and kind, might inwardly experience fear and admiration for his parents. In another case, the opposite is also possible. The child is by nature a polite person, has inbred excellent manners and polished phrases, treats his parents with courtesy and civility. Formally, his relationship is immaculate, Yet inwardly he feels contempt for them and considers himself superior to the old folks. He actually only tolerates them, notwithstanding all the niceties he accords to them. In either case, only one aspect of the precept finds its fulfillment while the other is violated. These are all situations in which a person might be really good at kavod and not so good at mora, really good at mora, reverence, not so good at kavod, really good at showing it, really good at feeling it, really good at showing it but not feeling it, really good at feeling it but not showing it. And with all of them, Rav Rav Salvechik says, the halacha has adopted a tolerant attitude 
towards all these people. Of course, the ideal realization of kibud, honoring, and mora reverence can only be attained when the external act and the inner experience, the outward and the inward, complement each other. However, the people whose intentions are good, even though their outward behavior does not reflect their inner mood, or vice versa, individuals who act in accord with the practice co- practical code of kibud and mora out of sheer habit and technical training while the soul abides in the bleak and dreary realm of neutrality, are not to be condemned as violators of the kibudumura obligation. And he finishes, The latter norm fluctuates like certain mathematical functions between a maximum and minimum boundary. Judaism, with its realistic approach to human nature, has always been tolerant towards its frailties and limitations and did not expect the average Jew to attain the perfect harmony between his inner and outer orders. I like this piece from Rav Salvechik. It's very human. It offers a way to approach the complicated challenge of relationship to parents, which is complicated and challenging for the widest possible variety of reasons and gives us many ways in. It offers us a wide variety of access points, feeling, expression, propriety, intention. And rather than implying or requiring all of these to be met in order to have fulfilled one's obligation towards one's parents, and it acknowledges that different relationships are more likely to surface one or the other of these capacities at different times and even at different points along the timeline of a relationship that one or the other of these capacities, inner, outer, expressed, proper, might come to the surface and be the one through which we are able to care for our parents and offer one or the other elements or aspects of kibud of honoring and of mora of reverence that we can offer them at that time. I like this model because it keeps us in it. It keeps us from a mistaken all or nothing feeling that we might have. And it provides us small ways to act and to be in the context of ideals that we might hold but also know that we are as yet unable to reach. Mm-hmm.